Ocean what is on your side. I'm glad I wasn't the only one thinking of that. Yeah. You know, I um I saw um I think it was uh, Southern Oxville Symphony Orchestra a couple months ago and uh they uh were like tuning their instruments and at one point I swear like twice this one dude on one of the instruments played that played the oh, yeah. nationwide thing. And some guy noticed behind me he's like, You guys hear that nationwide thing? <laughs> and I was like, Oh yeah <laughs> It's a catchy tune. You know, that's how they get you. Oh yeah, you hear that and you're like, got to get auto insurance. Got to get a kind of kind of weird how big of an industry. Why are car insurance commercials like such a big thing? Like, why do they push it so hard? Yeah, you know what bothers me? The State Farm fucking commercials. And I've got State Farm, so I mean they're good insurance, but um, they're they're so cheesy and you know all of them are cheesy, progressive and yeah, all of all those fucking insurance commercials are uh, super cheesy. But yeah, it's a thriving industry i would imagine it's just it, it's like a whole thing of like there's like probably over like like hundreds of thousands of people whose job description is oh yeah i work on producing advertisements for insurance companies and it's just like one of those things i'm like what do you what do you actually do like what does that contribute to society at yeah large? yeah uh <clears throat> hey uh august hey man what's going on yeah um it would be nice if life wasn't just a cruel joke <laughs> Welcome back to the podcast where your favorite people bitch about life. Remember last week when we showed up and Blake was here and you were like, I'm going to be positive this week. We're going to be really good. And then like both of us had like horrible weeks. What I would say is probably probably some of the worst weeks of our lives. Like I was like this week, I'm like, wow, the last time I was this sad was when my fucking dad died. Like, wow. Yeah, it's been a been a rough fucking week dude i'm barely hanging on just being here today mm-hmm. holy hell we in off pod we we really got to lay into what was going on too but shit dude it's so funny man because we yeah last <laughs> last week we were just like all happy and get in buddy buddy and we're like we're positive and and uh you know and then <laughs> Why is life such a cruel fucking joke? Is the topic of this week's it's podcast? It's like we usually dude. we usually come in with like something like, "Man, traffic sucks," yeah, or dude. "Be nice if I could get high again," or something like that, oh, and whatnot. Yeah. But this time, it's just like it's a cruel joke. It me- existence is meaningless. Yeah, life is pointless. Yeah, we're all gonna die. Why not just do it now? Yeah, well, you know, you said it best, my friend. Well, I'll, I'll let you lead it off, man. I'll dive into my fucking shit, too. But, but so, like, I'm, I mean, I, I, just, I just told you about all this, and also, like, I'm noticing, like, how different the acoustics are in my place. Yeah, I just, I, I was real. I, there's a slight echo. Yeah. Echo. Maybe echo. I'll, uh, maybe I'll find some way to get make some, that better. Get some <clears throat> pads or something. Or just hang up, like, a blanket, just anything yeah. soft to prevent it from bouncing oh, off the wall. Oh, you know, you should right get, here. like, a little rod right here, uh-huh. like a shower, like a long rod, and just throw, like, a, like you said, like a blanket or something. I'll show you a long rod. There you go. Um, there it is. Uh, yeah, this week, so, uh, on Monday night, I, I go to an improv group pretty regularly, and Monday night we, uh, we had our final improv with one of our regulars, uh, who, uh, we'll, we'll all dearly miss, and it turns out, uh, I I I, there, I have a lot of complicated emotions that I won't really talk about on pod. I talked about them off pod and whatnot, but it's a little too personal for the public sphere out there. But like, you know, I was like, I say goodbye, and I'm like, oh yeah, I'll miss her. And then I spent the next day being like, oh, I grossly underestimated how much mm. I would miss this person who I didn't know that well, and I think I didn't know her that well because I was like, ah, well, she's moving away. I'm not gonna bother getting to know her. And and then you know, next thing I know, it's like. I should have gotten to know her more. I should have spent more time with her or something like that. Just, 
dealing with that and it's like on top of like years and years of emotional baggage and stuff like that that's just kind of rising up it made me feel really really miserable on Tuesday like I I mean just to be real I mean it was just like I was at work and it was like all right, time for a bathroom break. I'll I'll let out a, a little cry while I'm in there because I need to, because <laughs> it's better than doing it at my desk. And like people at work noticed that I was really sad, and some of them I I told what was going on, and some of them I didn't because no, <laughs> mm-hmm. all that, and tell them all this. And then like end of the day, you know, boss sits me down and tells me, hey, so we're gonna have to like reduce you to part time, mm. and it's like that was just like a all right, and like I drove home and like. I wasn't angry. I wasn't screaming. I wasn't crying or anything. I just drove home in complete silence. I was just like, it's just a fucking joke. It's just a cruel joke. It's just, it's just, a, it, I mean, I've had this job for less than two months and it's yeah. like, they're already doing this. They're mm-hmm. already doing this. My car is a piece of shit. It, I don't know how much longer it's got. When I got this job, I was like, oh, I can get a new car. And now I'm like, well, I won't be able to afford one. Good thing I didn't get one. I don't know what I'd do. But you know, there might come that day when my 20 year old car, I, I'm going to go into my part time job and I'll start it up and it won't start. So there's all that. And I've just been, you know, so much like it's just so much to deal with and think about. And I don't know, it sucks. It 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 really does just feel like a cruel joke, because for a little while, things were really starting to come together and I was starting to feel really good about things. And then it's just this, you know, uh, to quote, uh, LP of Run the Jewels, just when your bases are loaded, they'll roll a grenade in the dugout. Oh. <laughs> Blow your shit up. Just That's just how it feels. Uh, so that's me, uh, basically. Yeah, I mean, the job thing, that, you know, you called me after you got the news on that, and fuck, man, that that sucks. It's fucking pricks. <laughs> like, that's a, just a kick in the nuts, man. And, uh, it really is. You know, it's like... <sighs> And and, I'll, and I'm and this is actually going to lead into my fucking shitty week, but it it, it just show, it just shows that no matter what job you have, even though if you got the security of the instability of like your nine to five and your insurance and your benefits and everything like that, it's not guaranteed, you know. Like you said, they came to you and were like, hey, we're going to put you down to part time. And a lot of there's a lot of stories like that where it's like, hey, uh, we're shifting things around. We're going to cut your we're cutting your fucking uh, position, so unfortunately we're going to have to let you go. Or, hey, we're going to be shifting things around and we're, you're part-time now. Or, hey, we got bought out. Everyone's losing their job. Sorry. You know, you know. There's we hear about that kind of stuff all the time. And it's, it's, like, it's been happening really bad in, like, the game industry. Like, um, 343, the guys who yeah. have been making the new Halo games, they just got rid of basically everyone at the company. And they're like, we're going to keep making Halo. And everyone's like, with who? Yeah. You don't have anyone working for Microsoft you. Microsoft just, like, fucking let go a bunch of people yeah. and shit. And, all that but yeah no i mean you've seen uh, i mean through the gaming industry especially last year or two there's been a lot of stuff like that um but but yeah no it's like it you just never know about your your uh job i mean there's a lot of fortunate circumstances where you know uh people don't have that issue but it you know hearing like we were so stoked about this position for you when we got it and like you said like things were like looking so great and then all of a sudden they're just like Boom, and and that's you know, so that's that's a tough battle to. And they and they like they they gave me the news at like four fifty five right before I was about to leave. Started the conversation with, "Hey, I heard your friends leaving. Are you oh all right?" God. I'm like, "Can't can't just wait till tomorrow." Like I was already gonna my my evening plans were already to just go home and cry. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's a 
that's a shitty move on their part. Um, and then having, you know, in the relationships things, I mean, with just knowing people and them leaving and stuff like that. It's like, I think the hard, one of the hardest things about becoming an adult is like realizing a lot of people just are in your life temporarily. And sometimes it's because they get a job or they go to school or whatever. They have to move. A parent gets sick and they have to take care of them. And sometimes they get fed up with you and they just decide, I don't want to be friends anymore. And no matter what it is, it always hurts. It always really hurts, especially when it's someone that like, you know, you felt like you were just getting started with. You were just getting to know and becoming comfortable with. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely as you get older, it's harder to find friends. That's for sure. Um all the people I grew up with that I knew for 15, you know, plus years, and you think you're going to be best friends forever with, you know, even if you move, I don't even hear from them anymore, you know? And, yeah. you know, you get that one random text every, like, six months at three in the morning because they're drinking, and they're like, oh, miss you, love you, and then you just you, you send something back, you know, like, hey, we should get together, and then you and just never it. hear from them again. You know, that shit happens pretty... uh Unfortunately, it just just happens as you get older. So you have a really small circle of friends as you're older. I mean, then you know I've got like you and Blake and you know the the boys Jordan, Lucas now, and then and Rodney. Those are kind of like my that's my circle of trust. You know, as far as people I can just talk to. But yeah, you know, I mean, anything could happen. You know, anything happens with people. So especially when you meet newer people and having like feelings for them or you feel like feel like they're you know just like someone you really just want to have part of your life in one way or another and and then it just doesn't work out that that can that can be a hard you know feeling too you know because we're all like we all need like human companionship in one way or another so you know when you feel like you have someone close now the to develop something with and it's just like nope Nope. sorry (laughs) nope that's uh that sucks you know yep it's uh it's one of those things of like you know it's and it's like it, it's a thing it's a fact of life and it happens and it's just like but can can it not happen for once can can it actually like develop into an actual healthy <coughs> relationship for once instead of just shitting the bed immediately yeah well and also i think uh i think th- people need to be better about communicating like i mean it it varies but i mean like i mean at this point i'm not we're not even talking about this specific circumstance we're just talking about people leaving your life in yeah for sure so i'll give you an example actually on friday i was uh i had to drive to kingsport for work and um hey i had to drive to kingsport for work on fucking thursday yeah and uh i had to go service a place and uh, i go in there and i see i asked the guy i'm like hey i'm here you know, check your thing out, and that sounds wrong. Check your <laughs> check your cabinet. You know, check the cabinet out, and and do all that. And he's like, yeah, okay. And we kind of look at each other like in a weird, like, do I know you kind of way? And he's just like, yeah, right this way. And I was like, all right. So I follow him. And he's like, it's right here. And we kind of still like lingering. And I look at him. And I go, are you Tyler? And you know, last name. And and he's like, you're August. And I was like. Yeah, and he's like, I thought that was you. I, was like, I thought that was you too, dude. Because this is a guy I went to fucking elementary school with, oh, middle man. school with, high school with. I know. I mean, I still follow him on Facebook, and you know, I've known this guy for fucking twenty years, and and I ended up talking with him for you know fifteen twenty minutes, just shooting the shit, catching up, and all that stuff. And the last thing I said to him before I left, I was like, you know, isn't it funny that we run into each other like this and we always say, Oh, we should get together. We should talk more. I'm like, but we never act on it. 
you know i literally said that i was like i i was like we can we can say all these things but it, it takes years of not talking or seeing each other just to randomly run into each other and then say oh we should talk more and it's like but we're friends on facebook we could talk anytime we want i'm like but we just don't do it well the real i mean the real bitch of it is like Everyone says stuff like that. Everyone says, call me anytime, talk to me anytime. Everyone says all that because it's it's nice. It's nice. But, like, the people who really, like, want you in their life, you'll know. You'll, oh, you'll yeah. know because you'll get messages from them. They'll respond to your stuff. They won't leave you on red. It's, like, it's like one of those things where it's, like, it still sucks when it's, like, you want someone to be, like, part of your life and you're, you're the one sending the messages and you realize, mm-hmm. oh, they never text me first. They always take 20-plus minutes to get back to a basic question stuff like that and it's just like you know you waste your time on people like that and because you still want it and it's just like it's hard to accept that oh maybe they just don't want that yeah yeah and every you know person's different how they do things but you just as you get older and whatnot you you do realize like who's kind of around and who's not and stuff and that's just the reality of life kids so you all young bloods out there just prepare to lose all your friends and find basically new ones <laughs> uh, also also if you're like a high school student listening to this for some reason don't know why and you're yeah, dating what are you doing here and you're dating someone <laughs> and you're about to go to college just just like break up with them like yeah i know you love them i know they're the one just do it just break up with them you're gonna meet so many more interesting people in college mm-hmm. than your high school sweetheart uh I mean, you well, might fucking s- take a year off and don't go to college, dude. Here, I, here, <laughs> it's about to get real again. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's actually something I wish I did. You know, fucking mm-hmm. take time off. But uh, I mean, it worked out for the way it did. But ah, uh, oh, man, when you're so young, that's the thing. Like, you know, me and you will sit here and talk about these things that you know you'll be thirty and what two years. You want Well, I'll turn thirty in two years. Yeah, so I'm, I haven't had my birthday this. I, year. I'm in my uh, I'm in my thirties now. Hit hit the big three zero and and uh, you know, so you look back at times when things were so much simpler and easier, and you're like, man, I should have done this. I should have done that. I I wish I wasn't such a bitch on that part of my life, and you know, I wish I took more risk here and there, and you know, and that's just like, but now it's kind of like I'm trying to bring all that and be like why can't I just do that now you know that's kind of where I'm trying to shift my perspective it's like well I'm not it's not too late you can it's, still you can still do things this is a little harder now but you can still do things and and try to take chances on things but fuck yeah it's like you know I, I look at like some of the excuses I come up with and like I excuse me I really want to travel more and like traveling's expensive and also like I've had times where like I mean there I mean a lot of the artists I like, they don't they don't come to they don't do concerts in Knoxville, but they'll do stuff in Asheville, and that's mm-hmm. like two hours away. But my car is a piece of shit, and I've missed out on seeing some of my favorite artists because I didn't feel like driving. I didn't feel like dealing with that kind of shit, and it's just like that's gonna suck in like ten years or so when I'm like, man, that band broke up or whatever or something, and I didn't get to see them back in the day, and and I'm, I keep thinking about all these things that like I want to do, and it's just like I texted you the other day, I'm like. We should go to New York. We should just do that. Yeah. Di- get, go go down to the airport. Get a direct flight. Uh, stay at a, an Airbnb that has 20 rats and 1,600 roaches in it and just be like, whatever. Big city. The Big Apple. Give me a New York slice. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Have a fun time. I'd love to, man. And I've never been to New York. But no, I mean, it, it's, you know, I, uh, I want to do stuff like that, too. It's harder now with me with the kid and stuff. But, you know, if I can 
I think I need to be a little bit more selfish with certain parts of my life. And that, you know, Fuck obviously, that kid. Yeah, you know, I, <laughs> I kick him to the side only when I need to. But um, I, I just, you know, because I, I do want to, you know, I do want to just take as much opportunity as I possibly can now and look back at it later on and say, you know, I I tried, I did this, I did that, I went there, and I and you know I was able to merge my personal life, my family, in that. I merged my business into that, and all these things, and but I fucking did it, and I I don't regret it. You know, I don't want to be just making those excuses, not going for anything, not trying, you know, something, and and uh, get stuck with this mundane routine of miserable you know being miserable and, and then look back 20 years and say well i that kind of sucked <laughs> like yeah didn't do anything i wanted to try to do so which kind of brings me my whole perspective of this week man because so you know uh we had a fine weekend or whatever and then i roll on monday and you stopped by and after your uh shift and said hey and whatnot but um augie got like super sick that night like he just like all of a sudden just he's still like lingering and he uh yeah he just got fucking real sick he couldn't sleep all night and it was on and off like all night didn't get any sleep i went to work on tuesday had an interview for a big job and which was crazy it was like the most i was like interviewed by a panel <laughs> like of like fucking nine ten people it was insane but i you know I kill the job interview. I do really well, and I fucking, uh, you know, had some encouraging words on that. But then I walk away from it. I'm like, I don't even know if I want this, you know. Yeah. And that like, went me down, threw me down the rabbit hole. And then right after that, uh, I had to take Wednesday off because Augie was like even more sick, and so he's been sick all week. But then come Thursday, going into Friday, I start feeling sick, and I'm mm. like, fuck, dude, this is like. So now I'm in this like, midst of being tired, stressed like sick my family's sick and i'm driving also from my job i'm just sitting there like fuck this <laughs> like dude i don't know like i can't do this anymore this is like killing me my my schedule my shifts my everything i'm doing during the week is just killing me like i i'm not i'm not happy and and like i don't even know if i get if i get this job it's like i i saw this fucking uh tiktok the other day which i don't really i'm not on tiktok a lot but when i do i find my feed is more like inspirational motivational yeah. shit you know and it's always from like either people on podcasts or clips from movies or something but it was like this clip from uh miles teller actually i don't know what movie it was some drama i guess and he was like you know he's like you uh all you want to do is like get that big desk job and and like be be happy about it and he's like but then you get that job and you're like this sucks i don't want to do this anymore i want that next desk job and you think you'll find happiness out of finding getting that next job and he's like and so you get that job and then you realize you're not even happy with that you're just chasing the big next desk and you're like you're not even happy with them what are you even doing you know i i don't know that kind of like that's kind of just like came to my mind i'm like you're right i've never wanted like this kind of job get the job hate it i'm trying to get another job that's similar as far as like the kind of stability and schedule and i'm like and I know, like, if I get it, I'm not going to be happy. And it's like, so I just get into these uh, really, really just spiraling thoughts of trying to figure out my life and figuring out what I want to do. And, 
you know, you try to talk about it with your family and friends and everyone thinks you're fucking crazy. And it's like, why would you not want to spend 40 hours of your week doing something you hate? Mm -hmm. So tea is good, by the way, John. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. We're drinking some hot tea. I certainly did open the package and pour boiling water in it. Yeah, it was great, man. It's super like inventive. I was trying to think of the other word. Uh, I mean, it's elderberry green tea. It's elderberry. not. It's 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 a little different than something you get. Yeah. Hey, you know what I? You know, on a lighter note, you know what I did while I uh, went up to Kingsport for work? Mm. Got me some pals. Dude, I was there. I was right next to the walk-in pals, and I almost went in and just got two burgers and fries, and was going to bring it home. But I was like, no, I'm not going to do this today. And I and I drove I drove away. But I almost did, man. How was it? It was good. It was good. I got I got two chili dogs. No onion, because fuck that. Yeah, um, fuck that. And Frenchy fry, peachy tea, just the classic combo. Mm. And there's something, man. There's something when you get those chili dogs and you see that the grease is already soaked through like oh, yeah. every layer of the packaging. And you open it up and it's like there's a monstrous amount of chili that's probably made from like pigeons or something. <laughs> and it's like soaked into the bun and like the bun is all so- like t- the top part of the bun is all soggy. And you bite in and you're just hit with like. It's just this salty, processed, just disgustingness, and it's like, but it's the good kind of disgustingness. Mm-hmm. It just hits just right. Oh yeah! And then you eat one of those fries, and you wash it down with that tea, and it's just like, oh, this is this is the experience. And uh, I tell you, I, I was I, di- I didn't finish my fries, and then I went in to visit my mom for a little bit. And when I got out to drive back to work, I was like, oh, maybe the fries are still good. And it's like those fries, like they go from the best things in the world to like just throw it in the garbage uh, like yeah. immediately like a, a cold fry is just like oh yeah Ugh. sometimes a cold fry can be okay depending on the fry i don't yeah. know yeah but in general though you don't want a cold fry and yeah. also you don't want to reheat in the microwave it, fries you don't want there's do like that. no real good way to reheat fries except for like tossing them in an oven for, for just long enough or something yeah you know crisp one up just a little bit again you know but yeah i don't know you don't really want to reheat fries if you don't have to Mm-mm. so Mm-mm. but and but an any jizz. Uh, <laughs> Did you say an any jizz? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh uh, man, just trying to spice it up a little bit. You know, uh, you know the music that the um they play in the cantina and in, in Star Wars is actually called jizz music. Oh what? Yeah. Oh, that's they're funny. like well, George Lucas is probably like well it's like jazz but it's in space so oh, we'll call funny. it jizz. Jizz music. Right on, dude. Yeah. Maybe that should be the title of this episode: jizz music. Sure, that'll <laughs> that'll draw in a lot of <laughs> listeners. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah, you know, and I know, like, you know, the thing about saying all what I just said is, like, Frank will fucking, you know, message me or comment and be like, well, well that's life, guys, you know. Da-da-da-da. But it doesn't like, have to be. Yeah, that's the point. It's like, why why can't we just make our own fucking path? And, because and for so many generations, everyone's crazy. just kind of lived a certain way. Yeah. And they assume you have to live a certain way. And I don't know. I don't know about you, but I was a why kid. I was one of those kids where when someone explains something to me, they're like, well, that's just the way it is. And I'm like, right. bullshit. Why is it this way? Yeah, it's yeah. not the way it is because it's the way it is. Like, sure, like chemistry and laws of physics are no explaining. That. I mean, you can explain it, but it's that. But it's just like, you know, it's like why? Like, why did I have to drive to a four-hour round trip to take some photos for a company so they could sell more stuff and make more money? Like, why did I have to do that? Mm-hmm. Why is that something that just we just had to do? Like, didn't. Like, if you take a step back and look at, like, all the things we do in life of, like, health insurance and car insurance and driving and traffic and so much of it, it's just, like, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't Mm -hmm. make any sense when you think about, like, all we want to do is eat, sleep, 
shit fuck <laughs> Lo- hang out with friends yeah. Lo- love people just do things for each other and it's like if we were so focused if we were just if we just focused on doing things for each other because we care about each other because some people possess empathy and a shocking number of people don't the world would be a better place instead of us wasting our lives making money for ourselves but really making a lot of money for some rich dipshit Whew. Whew. <sighs> that was i mean i, I saw the power of god come out of you on that one dude that's like <laughs> that is like one percent that is one percent we could do it if you want someday someday i'm I, i'm gonna have to have like a red bull or something and i'm yeah. gonna tell you hit that record button i'm gonna go for three hours i'm like fuck it dude let's do this <laughs> <laughs> uh, but i'd probably say some stuff that would like have the fbi knocking on my door so be for the patreon <laughs> <laughs> the fbi is like damn we got to get the patreon god to listen it. to him we almost got him i'm Dude, we can't spend two dollars a month. We're not I mean, doing it. To be fair, like we were talking about my friend leaving improv, and uh, one of our friends was like, "Well, we just gotta call in a bomb threat, dude. Then you can't leave." <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. <sighs> no, but you're so right, dude. It's like I don't know. We're always conditioned from being a kid to, you know, go to school, get your job, and you know, or go to college, get your job, get married, have kids and, and, you know, retire at 65. And I don't know, man, that's just like right now, it's like everything I've been doing for the last year. Um, I have just been thinking that it's my time is the most valuable thing to me now. You know, like my time with myself, my time with my son, my family, my time with my friends, my time creating and doing, you know, uh, things I'm passionate about. And then I've got all this other time. Majority of my time throughout the week is, is consumed by something I don't want to do and something I'm miserable with and everything. So it's just kind of like, how can I use that time that I'm doing these and apply it to something that's greater than myself and, you know, be my own boss one day, you know, just fucking work for myself and create something that people want to, you know, conspire to and all these things. So I think I'm going to do a change. I'm pretty sure I'm going to do it. I'm going to take a fucking bet on myself. And, you know, the thing about it is it, uh, it may not work out or it may be the best thing I've ever, you know, decided to do. And I'm willing to take that chance. I really am. Um, because if I don't do it now, I'm not going to be able to do it, you know? And I want to just, just give my all and really hustle and really stay true to myself, become happy again, you know, physically and mentally and emotionally. And, and, uh, you know, I'll make sure that my kids taken care of, like no one has to worry about that kind of stuff. Like I don't, you know, I'm, I'm a guy who takes care of resp- responsibilities, but I think everyone just needs to kind of cut me some slack on some things, you oh, know, yeah. you know? So, and even with you, man, like I think I, I look at us and I'm like, what can we do together? that will create something, you know, that will benefit us in the long run, you know? And I, I, I've been thinking about stuff like that and I'm like, you know, because there's, there's so many people you can trust with certain things. And you're one of those guys I can like trust you with a lot of things. And we, me and you both have a lot of great ideas. And I just think if we were able to like put our heads together and really come up with like a solid, like plan of action, I think we could really do some cool stuff. I mean, we made uh i mean I, I was unemployed during this but like you made he comes to kill while working a full-time job and look at all the connections you get i mean like i tell you man like i get friend requests like every other day 
sometimes it's from someone who was in the movie, and mm-hmm. but ninety percent of the time it's just some actor. Yeah, some actor I've never met. <laughs> it's just like wow. Well, it's it's I'm in a weird position now because everything I've done with strange films, um, and even especially after he comes to kill, like I don't know. It's like people are like people look at me in a way where it's like I've got it all together with like this creative stuff and I'm doing big things and people are wanting people are still hitting me up about getting my next project and all these things and it's like I know when that when I post that next casting call it's gonna fucking go off the rails and it's like so people have like this like really like big idea of me and my creativity and that's cool I I like that but it's like I want to live up to that too in a way and I want to tap into that you know strike while the iron's hot you know as they say um but it's uh it's hard to stay motivated when you can't commit to it as much as you want to as well and it's i mean i think i've talked about this before but it's like my my last film tether it's like i spent like four years of my life on that not like consecutively but like took forever to come together and then i i put it out and like the youtube algorithm blessed it with i think over two thousand views and that was cool but like there aren't any comments on that video, and the only people who've told me a thing about it are, like, the people in my life that I know are going to watch all my stuff and always support me and always have my back. Like, I've, in like, every now and then I've shown it to some people, and, you know, like, I mean, Jordan, like, Jordan watched it, and then, like, I was just sitting there vibing and just get a message from him, and he's like, God damn, dude, you ruined uh, my night, and yeah. showed it to my buddy Doug, and he was crying at the end, and it's like, I okay, I made something, I made something that gets to people. It, it's, it's, they've see them and I I don't know the phrasing for it but they really see something in it that like connects with them Mm -hmm. and it's like that's a 23 minute long movie he comes to kills 50 minutes long and it's just one of my dreams has always been like whether it's a feature or not I want to make like a movie that even if it's a 10 minute long movie I want to make it where the lighting's perfect the sound is perfect the performances are perfect not like perfect I mean it's art it's subjective but like there's no like oh that shot was kind of blurry that color grading was kind of off just like really make something that is just like put my all into it mm-hmm. and just so much more and you know I want to make a feature but making a feature is like you know I look at it and it's like that's like if I want to make it on the level of quality that I want it to be at the level of quality it needs to be if it's going to go anywhere go anywhere beyond you know a couple hundred views on YouTube and a couple pats on the back from some film guys <clears throat> then it's got to be my fucking life for the next year and that's mm-hmm. the thing is you know most people can't do that <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's tough, man. I mean, even the stuff I'm writing now is like, I got like really inspired after doing He Comes to Kill. I'm like, oh man, I, you know, I can make longer films now. I can make like, I can make something the length of He Comes to Kill or feature film length, you know, hour and a half or so. And uh, I know I can do it. Um, but I also want to step that game up and make sure I do it like, like you kind of said, just like more professionally and everything like that too. But yeah, it takes up a lot of time. It took up a lot of money, you know, just even making He Comes a Kill, and it's just, uh, it's, uh, it's tough to, it's tough to do. Making movies is hard. Yeah, I know. I was doing, I was doing these YouTube videos. I'm trying to record them, by the way, or I should say, um, of like what it's like being an independent filmmaker and like the reality of it, and doing like trying to break it down from, you know why you want to even do it in the first place and then kind of moving to like every step of the way which is like how you get your ideas the writing process the production process the casting like every like aspect of it and and i want to make it like an informative series but then like i was um 
thinking about, uh, I was watching some other YouTube videos about filmmaking and stuff. And like, you know, I'm not like a tech guy. I'm really not like a good person when it comes to like gear or like the conventional or the traditional things you're supposed to do when it comes to film, like the rules of filmmaking. I'm very unorthodox when it comes to my uh, filmmaking process. But I was watching a video where, you know, they were breaking down like a lot of like really, really like film school kind of stuff. And I'm like, I mean, it was like so like I couldn't articulate a lot of, it in a a lot way. of those things. Like the, those rules work on a basis of you have a large crew where like the, you don't have a sound guy, you have a sound team. Yeah. You don't have a camera guy, you have a cinematography department. Right. You have different departments, and everyone's like union and being paid, and there's hours and there's craft services, and it's like with indie filmmaking, it's well, you 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 drove a while. Here's here's some gas money. <laughs> you know, yeah. here's we got you some little Caesars. That's it. Yeah, you know, that's what you got to do under indie filmmaking because broke as shit. Yeah, no, that's true. I just uh, I was like looking at that. I'm like, man, I can't make fucking videos like this. I'm like, ah, what am I doing? <laughs> like, so I don't know. I think I need to just stay true to what I want to do, which is which will you know hopefully be beneficial for other people as well. Because I mean. Like I said earlier, it's like I still have people hitting me up trying to be part of things, so I guess I I'm doing something right. But yeah, um, but yeah, man, it's a it's a tough business to get into. And there's also like, do you ever like find yourself being like, should I maybe I should try a different creative path, do something different, and then like you start it and you're like, nah, nah, I'm I'm, I'm already too good at the other thing. Yeah, well, I, I do. Um, I think that's why I like doing the podcasting stuff because mm-hmm. it's like it's definitely a different like form of creativity and it's it's, uh consistent enough to do every week and versus like maybe every few months do a film or every once a year or something like that you know so um i like doing the podcasting and i try to stay i I don't know if i can find little things in between a film you know creatively then i'll do it like i was lucky enough uh a few weeks ago i was hit up by someone on Twitter and he was like wanting to collaborate with me. He made an original song I showed you. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's on our YouTube channel, but it's like, you know, someone doing that gave me something to do. So I was cutting video to that and which was, which was cool. So, you know, I find things like that. I do the comic book stuff, but that's like, that's a lot of time and money too. So I, I, I don't know if I'll do as many of those anymore, but yeah, the podcasting is fun. And then the film stuff, I think I just need to be a little bit more, I want to do more film stuff that doesn't require such a lot of time. Like as far as like, I don't know. I was, I was just thinking um, the other day, I was like, maybe I should just do another short film before I jump into like a a longer. I mean, I I want to make a short film where I like nail down everything so hard that it's like looks better, sounds better. Yeah. Everything. And like, I've mentioned my improv group and, whatnot and like one thing i also really want to do is like sit down with them and be like what characters do you guys right. want to play what do you think your strengths are give me some ideas and we'll work on writing maybe not even a script but like a guideline so they can you know improvise and yeah do stuff like that just really make something that isn't just all right write the script get the shot list spend 60 hours setting up the lights because god that takes so long and you know get some reliable people to help out just i don't know yeah, yeah. I also kind of want to do a found footage movie. I, I just uh, saw your tweet yeah, about that. I That's... was like, I have an idea for it, and I was like, ah, it might be fun. I don't know. They're just tricky because they're either lame or they can be really effective, I think. Yeah, and, but... I, it, it, the production side of those is always weird because it's like, like, do you try to light it to make it look decent, or do you just not light it at all? I know. Or... That's, I'm thinking really low fi kind of minimal, just like with the camera, essentially, and a microphone, but... uh 
you know, I don't know. I don't know. I've never really, I've never tried doing a found footage thing, so I'm not really sure exactly what to do with and it. And then but. found footage, like the, the, the discrepancy between like good found footage and bad found footage is like, like a bad found footage movie is just like unwatchably bad. Right. Like not, not like, oh, it's so bad. It's good. It's like, no, it's just really bad. But like the yeah. good ones are like the ones that are unnerving. Like, I, I know you're not a huge fan of like Blair Witch Project, but like that movie's still like sometimes when I watch, it, I'm like that is this, it's just kind of unnerving. It just is. The way, it's, it's presentation. Found no, footage yeah. as, as, as like a presentation thing is like when done well can be really unnerving because it feels more real. I guess. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, and I mean Blair Witch is definitely unnerving. I mean I watched it and it didn't really do much for me last time I watched it, but it was like I can still. I, I was still feeling those vibes of like, well, yeah, I can see why this would disturb anybody, you know, like, but so I think there has to be like a lot of thought into it. Like you write it as like, as you would with like any sort of narrative and, and plan out certain different shots and stuff like that, that you want to set up, you know, kind of going into it and certain like really trying to get the story all around. So I've, I've had some ideas definitely, um, you know, but I don't know. It's something to play around with. I, I kind of just want to get, together with a few people and just kind of say hey what do you think about this 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 and kind of go for it but uh but yeah i don't know man i've got after watching licorice pizza i got that fucking mm. i got a, i've got this super I, I i started writing the draft before i wrote or before i watched the movie and then i watched the movie i'm like scrab it <laughs> like that, I got, was, that was me I was definitely started, influenced I, me i started writing way. tether and then i watched the before trilogy and i'm like oh. gotta do something like that and like and i don't know i like um you know like I, I i always talk about tether as like john's emotional baggage the movie and like i told that to my improv group and like a friend uh-huh. of mine the one who's leaving was like yeah it's like a trilogy john's emotional baggage carry on and then <laughs> like then like check check luggage and you know funny shit like that but it's like Legit, like every, I, I look back on my life, and there's like there's a lot of like stuff I've been through where it's like change some names, make the circumstances a little more dramatic. Oh yeah, and then bam, you got a drama. And I like writing drama because it's kind of therapeutic. Yeah, especially because like Tether is like, you know, people might watch that and be like, "Damn, dude, that happened to you." I'm like, "No, I basically wrote a not even a happy ending, but like a conclusive ending to like a shitty relate, not even a shitty relationship, but a relationship that." didn't quite have a very satisfying ending mm-hmm. like it, like not very conclusive not much closure and i basically wrote hey here's your closure buddy and made it into a movie so that's what i did with the the sound of you and me i, I love that movie i took my uh, yeah it's pretty good for what i did i think I, it's, I think i also like it just because it's so different from yeah you know oh yeah made. and i did it on such a whim dude i was just like because i was going through some emotional fucking baggage i was like depressed and i was like but I, I that was probably the quickest script I've written because I just took a lot of stuff that I went through. You know, I took a lot of relationship shit, uh, relationship shit that I went through. Relationship, relationship, good one. Um, you know, I took a lot of that. I took a lot of those same kind of themes and conversations that were going on. Maybe were not exactly what I went through, but they were very inspired by you know moments in my life. And same thing, I kind of made it a little bit more drama, you know, brought the drama up on certain parts of it. And then I concluded it in a way where it's like, it's not a really a happy ending, but it's kind of a little bit more hopeful ending. You just kind of, con- you know, conclude it with, <laughs> with like a little spark of hope maybe. And, but that's kind of, you know, even with this next drama I'm, I want to do, it's like, I'm taking elements of my life that I've been through recently and certain parts of my life that I went through beforehand. And I just kind of blending it together to bring it into like a real world scenario. And, it's not even going to end in a happy manner, 
but maybe something just to kind of move forward with, you know? Yeah. So, and you know, some, a thought I had is like, those kind of films are really personal, but like, I think one thing I find really compelling is, and I mean, we were just talking about licorice pizza is how it's about these two people that are both in different places in their lives mm-hmm. and they want different things and they kind of find this peace in each other. And I don't know, maybe like, maybe, uh, I ought to like read some of what you've written or you give me your pitch and I'll, I'll tell you about some of the stuff I've wanted to write. And maybe you can find a way to intersect those stories mm. and like, Maybe make it a story about two people who are going through hard shit and they get through it with like friendship and camaraderie and getting drunk and screaming must be fucking nice in the middle of a bar. Dude, I mean, seriously, like a lot of the stuff in this current idea of guys has a lot of that stuff in it. I'll I'll pitch it to you after this and and kind of see what you think about it. But no pitching on the pod. Steal our idea. We'll we'll pitch it. And then like two days later, um, David Lynch will be like, I made this drama film. (laughs) That's my David Lynch voice, I guess. (laughs) I I don't know why I chose David Lynch of all directors to do that. It's a Blake Blake Hall move right there. Yeah. 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 New Netflix original, you know, fucking dude. Dude, Also like, I mean, my film Final Prey, which like I can't, I started writing it when I was in high school. It was my first script, and it was it was it was a different title back then. But the whole gist of it was: guy finds a snuff film in his house, and he's like, "Oh shit, I got to investigate this." And then like a year after I wrote it, Sinister came out, and everyone's like, "Dude, they took your movie!" Uh, and I'm like, "Yeah, I know." And then it's like it's so different from like what my movie ended up yeah, being, yeah. but it's still like such a similar concept. I like Final like, Prey. Yeah, did you release it publicly? It's like. It's like it's it's out there. I think if you look for it, but it's like I never like posted it on Facebook, and it's one of those things where I might, but it's just like I made that movie like nearly six years ago, and it's kind of one of those things yeah. where I don't know. I'm, I'm weird about my old films. Yeah. I'm like I get sick of them, and I hear that. I think you should still. I I think it's worth watching. I and I mean, I've been Andrew and I started on you know a feature draft for like a, a feature version of it that's actually very different uh, in a lot of ways, and. We went through like three drafts and then like Andrew and I just kind of our friendship kind of just died out of nowhere. And, you know, like I've been trying to work on a fourth draft and it's like I've had this idea of like this could be my first feature because it's like it's low scale enough. But also it's still kind of complicated. And I think one of the biggest things I struggle with is like, you know, I have so many ideas and a lot of those ideas are like I don't have the time or the money or the resources Mm -hmm. for that. That's such a big ask. And then I'll come up with an idea that's like maybe I could make that and I'll look at it and I'm like, but that's. That's so, like, I'm having to, like, restrict my creativity. And, yeah, I know restrictions breed creativity, but I'm having to restrict the things I want to make because of my abilities and my time. And there's sometimes where I just want to be like, I'm going to make an epic sci-fi fantasy movie and just say I'm going to do it and start on it and see how it goes. Dude. And it might be a bunch of dipshits walking around in Party City masks (laughs) with, like, shitty After Effects templates for spells, but I'll make it. Yeah. I have the perfect location for a sci-fi movie. Yeah. And I got to take you there because I, I drove by for work one day and I was like, holy fuck. Like I, I, I can't wait. I I have to do something there. I don't know what exactly it is, but when I drove by, I was like this, I can see this being like some sort of dystopia sci-fi kind of feel. And I don't even know if we're allowed to film there, but I want to try it. (laughs) Like that's that's another note um, about indie filmmaking is uh, if you're someone who owns property and you don't let people shoot movies on your property, you're a dick and I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, I understand you might have legitimate reasons, like mm-hmm. a bunch of dipshits hanging out on your property, but it's like, 
I think about like when you were shooting Pandora and the, the, like Blake called the uh, the parking garage office like, hey, can we shoot up there? Absolutely not. Like, yeah. What's the harm? Uh, it's I like know. a mu- we like, should have just done it. But I mean, it worked out how it did. But we should have. You know, that's the thing. It's like you, I think you just do it, and then when someone kicks you out, that's when you're like, oh, I didn't know. Sorry. Da, da, da. Yeah. Fuck I, remember that? Uh, were you there for that first night of shooting? I was not there. Okay. That first so night. when we. Cause we shot in like this big gravel parking lot thing and, uh, it was like dark and we were all alone. It looked really sketchy. We had a guy tied up, you know, Josh Holly was tied up with a bag over his head. You know, we got all these fucking look like a big drug dealer or something. And, uh, and then a cop pulls up and he's like, what's going on over here? And I'm like, Oh, Hey, we're just shooting a movie. You know, I had the camera out and all the guys are with gear and, and I was like, Oh, and I, I, my excuse is always as a student film because mm-hmm. I'm trying to like make it where it's like, you know, we're doing it for education or something, but uh, I'm like, ah, we're just shooting a movie, you know, and uh, it's for it's for school, and you know, it's nothing. We're we're just not doing anything out here. And he's like, oh, all right. And he's like, so no, everything's all right. I'm like, yeah, no, everything's good. He's like, you want me to do a burnout for you on the? <laughs> I swear, he's like, you want me to do a burnout for you on camera? I was like, oh, if you want. He's like, I'm just kidding. He's like, all right, guys, just take it easy. <laughs> he just drove off. I was like, could you imagine if Phew. like for no reason in the middle of that movie, yeah. there was just a cop car doing a burnout and you're like, well, I had to include it. Well, I had to include it. He offered, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, most of the time people don't give a shit. I think especially around here, you just got to be careful with when it comes with like busy. I mean, if it's like private businesses or something like that yeah. or, or corporate stuff, you know, like you I gotta, get it. If you walk into a restaurant like Saturday night at seven, can we shoot in here? They're going to be like, fuck no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But a lot of local bars, though, are pretty cool about it. You just talk to the owner a few times and, and kind of say, hey, you know, before before you guys even get busy or when you're closed, if, you know, something like that. And most people are cool about that kind of stuff. But it's funny because when I'm in Philly, it's, dude, fucking, it, Philly's a playground. I just go every, you know, we go wherever we want and we just take the camera because everyone's doing shit anyways. But it's such a, just a giant playground of opportunity with the, the, you know, architecture and locations there, we just go and shoot, you know, only, only the times we've had to ask permission is like, again, like part, like bars or restaurants or something like that. But yeah. So every time I go up there, I, I get inspired just to do the same thing here, but it's not always the case here. So, mm-hmm. but, but no, I found, I've, I found some really cool locations. I, I really want to take you out there and see what you think, because uh, I, I would love to do a sci-fi movie out there. I think it'd be so fucking cool. That's the thing with filmmaking is that it's like it needs to be a community thing because mm-hmm. like everyone can contribute something. Even if you if you have no knowledge of filmmaking, but you like you have a barn. Right. There's your barn. Mm-hmm. You can you can write a script that has a scene that's in a barn because mm-hmm. there's that and whatnot. And it's just like I don't know, if ever, it's 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 the same way with like what I was talking about earlier. It's like if we stopped just driving halfway across the state just to you know do some photographs or whatever and or install a cabinet and instead we just took our time to like start a garden and feed our community and take care of each other it's like shit would be so much better and that's the thing with like filmmaking too is it's like i mean you know like lucas and jordan they borrowed your lights and it's like lights are expensive not everyone can afford to have an entire like film crew set Mm -hmm. and it's just like yeah loan that shit out let people borrow stuff yeah no it's true man um and i think that's also one of you know we've talked about it plenty of times, but I do think we, if we could just open up like a studio of some sort, you know, just something, something concrete where it's like, we're there every day operating some sort of business, but we have people like Jordan Lucas coming in every day and saying like, Hey, we're going to, you know, work on our shit over here. We're going to, you know, we're going to do this for you. And, uh, you know, 
or whatever. And then like we have new people who want to be a part, any filmmaker who wants to come in and be like, Hey, can we rent out your studio for the night? You know, like and shoot some stuff over here. Or if we have a podcast studio, like, Hey, you can, can we rent out this studio for a couple episodes or something like that? You know, host fucking film screenings there, you know, hosts like events and networking your, um, you know, opportunities and stuff like that. But I think it's really important to like, like you said, just bring a community together because you know, any indie filmmaker, I mean, they can do so much on their own, but in reality, you need a fucking, you need people to help you out with making some of these movies. I mean, the bigger the idea, especially, um, but yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm just, I'm, I really do think it'd be beneficial for an area like this to have something like that because you know, you got like central cinema and they, they are pretty supportive with your indie filmmaking, you know, as far as like they'll screen your stuff. But and what we really need is we need a space. Yeah. You need a space to work on these kind of things. Yeah, and exactly. You need a space to have, I mean, even like an open room like this where you can have like a dozen people just hanging out and shooting the shit, talking ideas or hosting their meetings for their next, you know, fucking story. And then in the back room, you know, there's a studio space where they can they can actually film or they can actually record or whatever. And we're also selling some stuff to keep some business thriving and whatnot, you know, have a little coffee bar. Well, you know, you know like, that kind of brings me to like, uh, you always see a lot of like young aspiring filmmakers being like, oh, I'm going to try to get into film school. And like everyone's like, don't go to film school. Mm-hmm. But it's like the big thing with like, I mean, even with film school, but with school in general is like if you go to school for making movies or video production, what you're getting is you're getting a community of people that want to make stuff with you. Uh, one of the best parts about being in college was emailing theater professor and saying, your acting class, do they want to be in a movie? Yeah. And him basically dedicating a full class period to me holding auditions and getting actors that want to build their reels, that want to do this, that are young and dumb and they just they don't care if they don't get paid they're just there to do it it's having an equipment room it's having an actual like recording studio with professional microphones it's having a grammy award-winning sound mixer on the staff that we can ask questions to it's having those resources and everything and you know it's just like i feel like you know knoxville as a film community could do a hell of a lot more to have a space and provide a foundation for these aspiring filmmakers to work off of because I think so many young aspiring filmmakers they want to do it so bad because they've seen good movies and they know a little bit about the process but they have no clue where to start yeah yeah and it's uh it shouldn't have to be like a thing where they're desperately searching on Facebook to find like someone like me or find some other guy and message them out of the blue and say hey I want to do this and you know there's like well I work full-time and I'm I've got a kid and da da da. It's like, and I'm also working on all my projects. So it's like, maybe I can have you come over sometime or maybe we can talk about it whenever I can message you back and stuff like that. But instead, if there was a designated spot where it's like, Hey, I know I can go here and talk to some filmmakers and, you know, pitch some ideas or I have a project I need to shoot and I know they got the space. Like that's where we need to go. That's the space that we need to have. And I've, I've talked about this, you know, for years and I was just like, I don't know what, why, well, first of all, I don't know how to do it, <laughs> but like, and well, second of all, it's like a lot of money, but like, I yeah, think, that's the big thing is like a space like that. It's like, how do you turn a profit? Yeah. How do you turn the profit? And I think the key is, I think we need to have some sort of like, like a cafe kind of style incorporated into it. Like, like serving food and drink, you know, not like, it doesn't have to be a bar. I don't want really a bar, but like even a nice, a coffee shop and serving some like pastries and like, 
you know, sam- like maybe some like a fucking deli or something like that, you yeah. know, like something simple to do that just to have revenue like kind of starting and, and allowing to keep up. And then if you can like, I mean, fuck, there's enough space, you know, you can turn into a little bit of a retail spot with like movies and vinyl and stuff like that. You can sell, you know, just things like that. But I think the other part of it would be having a studio where you can designate like to rent out, you know, people who love doing podcasts and they don't want to fucking record on their phone or something like that. They can come and rent out space or, musicians you know like record a song if they got they got something they need to shoot against a green screen yeah you know green screen room you know stuff like that i think if we had something like that as an opportunity too that would be uh some revenue coming in but you know i think there's i think there's a way to to do it it's just uh yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, it's like as soon as you mentioned like serving food and stuff, I'm like, oh yeah. I mean, I could I mean, we can just have a pretty small coffee operation, and then it's like as soon as you said that, I'm like, that's when you get like health codes, and you got to like deal with that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, but I'm so used to that, dude. I've yeah. I, I've 15 years of in food industry, you know, and and I know I know how to get all that up to code and everything, and and it's all it's always just about sanitation and yeah. and how to properly store things and stuff like that. You know, I've I've been I've been dancing around the health department my whole life, <laughs> but, uh, no, it's like, I think, I think, I think that would be an opportunity, especially because if people like, again, if people just want to hang out around filmmakers or creative people, they would just come grab a cup of coffee, sit at the table and talk, you know, talk about things and stuff like that. And it's like, all right, well, and you know, if we have it as an event space where we're like, Hey, we're hosting, um, even if it's like comedians bringing like a, you know, comedians or something like, Hey, we're hosting this guy tonight and they're going to play, they're going to have a show and, uh, come on Al, or we're, we're going to be screening this movie tonight and, you know, we're going to host our film festivals here. You know, we're going to, that's all revenue. You know, you can have people come in and want to participate in that and, you know, order food and drinks and stuff like that. So uh, there's a lot of fucking inside baseball about our business plan. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> but, you, know, you know, you know, it's like, it's just thoughts, you know, and also I do think it'd be cool to do. I think it'd be badass, but it, yeah, it's just, uh, it would be nice if we could just, do creative stuff yeah yeah we could just do that you know it's like human beings are capable of so much more than sitting behind a fucking desk and putting together spreadsheets or marketing plans Mm -hmm. or or you know driving all over creation for something it's just like we've just gotten so accustomed to like the way things are that we don't we don't ever think about things being a possibility in any other way and and the reason why we think about it is because when we try to do that we get caught up in all the red tape and all the expectations that no you have to live life this way you can't you can't live a life of creativity and freedom and fun <laughs> there it is man all wrapped back together or bringing it back yeah from the very beginning there yeah i don't know i don't i don't mean you we love talking about this kind of shit on the podcast. I, I don't know if anyone else gives a shit, you know, or whatever, but it does, it does like when I sit here and talk about it with you, it does give me like that inspiration. I feel like, a little more know, hope. Uh, yeah. Some hope, you know, and there may be a few people who get that hope with us or people will be like, you guys are fucking, you know, lame for talking. Like it's just life guys, you know, it's like, but you know, this is our life. I want to, I want to like, listen, by our like, rules, listen you know? to any of the people who might complain about that. Like, are you really happy spending 40 hours of your life doing something you don't want to do? And then like, I know it's all, it's all good when you come home with the paycheck and you watch your Netflix and your wife makes lasagna with just the right amount of ricotta. And it's, it's nice. And you get to go to sleep and you wake up in the morning and you do it again. But like, 
you know, you might be happy with that, but I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I think the vast majority of people in the world don't want to do that. I think so. And and I I think they just be quiet about it because they don't think there's any other way. Well, I think that, and I also think that we are, well, in general, people who are not like as creative, they probably never had aspirations to do anything else. So like that nine to five is perfect for them and they, they're fine with that. And that's okay. Like I'm not dissing that, you know, I think the people who maybe, whether it's creative or some sort of passion that they had when they're young and they wanted to do it, but they never tried or they thought it was impossible and they never went for it and they just got stuck in the corporate job and then 40 years go by, then that's kind of where it's like, oh, well, that sucks. You know, you could have tried at least or whatever. It's like, yeah. you know, I didn't even care to try. And then you got people like us who are like just hell bent on being creative and who want to do things. And we know there's a way to do it. Like it's proven over and over and over again by numerous millions and millions of people like who create for a living in one way or another, their business or their just art or whatever, or both. And we're trying to figure out how do we do that? Because there's no other way in our minds where it's like that we, you know, we're trying anything else seems impractical, even though it's practical way on paper, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, and that's where it's like mind boggling. You know, I talked about it. Well, someone recently, but I was like, you know, it's just like, it's embedded in my, like, my, like my soul, like my heart, my mind. I can't get it out of my fucking brain any day of the week. And, and it's just because I know it's something I meant and want to do. And it's like, so it's like, how do I put that realistically into uh, a way of making my own living? So, um, and that's just a complicated way to navigate through, you know? And it's like, I don't want to. I just don't want to have that thought going into my 40s and then I'm like, oh, fuck, got another kid here. It's like, I got, you know, this is, I can't do it now or something like that. And I might as well try it when I still have a little bit of a opportunity here. And, you know, I'm going to kind of tie that knot off <clears throat> with a thought I had. And like, you know, I lost my dad a couple of years ago and I remember I had a night where I got really, really, really angry with just the world because my dad basically worked most of his life as a chef and worked in restaurants. His last job was cafeteria at a mental hospital. And, you know, I made 15 an hour when I worked at target. And I remember telling him that and he's like, well, that's more than I ever made. And Mm. it's just like, my dad fed people for a living yeah, and he got paid shit for it. And he busted his ass and died before he turned 70. And, uh, my dad played bass guitar and he liked to draw and, He was funny and had all these things that I know he would love to do, but he was just so burnt out by exhausted by having to work all the time that when he got home, no, no, he wasn't going to pick up the bass. No, he wasn't going to draw anything. He was going to mix vodka with beer and get fucked up because he hated having to work all the time. And it's just like, we don't have to put up with that. We can say, no, I'm not living this life anymore. And if enough of us say, no, I'm not living this life anymore, we can live a better life. We can all do that. It's in our hands. But the thing is, one dude saying, I hate my job. I'm going to quit and I'm going to make movies. That doesn't do anything. But a lot of people doing that, like like an entire population doing that, well, that's, how you get, that's how you get change. That's how you get change, my folks. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. I mean, and, and I know we, we're probably repetitive, so whatever. But, uh. I think that's a good way to end it as far as that kind of conversation goes. I just, uh, so I, I hope, 
I hope me and you, when we as we continue doing this, and we'll be honest about our journeys as we keep going, but maybe we'll look back at these early shows and be like, ah! I mean, I started good. this episode by saying <laughs> life is a cruel joke, and I'm ending it by saying, but it doesn't have to be. Yeah, I know, exactly. Just see, there's still hope there. Optimism, you know? It can, and I'm right there with you, man, you know? And that's another thing. We, we, we got each other's backs. That's important, too, you know? And like you said, there's not a lot of people that, you can call or anything like that, but I'm glad you called me the other day when you were upset. Yep. I'm glad you did. I was I was very happy to know that after we got the phone, like he thought of me, he wanted to talk and tell me what was going on, and that means the world because I would do the same for you, you know. And Jordan's done that with me a couple times, and that's you know I'm I'm glad to be there for him, and I, I would do that for anybody that I feel like I can be myself around and stuff. So, um, you know, no matter what fucking part-time job happens or no job or people walking in and out of our lives you know at least i know uh, we can get on this podcast and fucking bitch about it yeah <laughs> you know i mean it's just like do you ever think about like you ever think about like in the 1800s someone had a bad day and they're like i wish there was something i could do i wish there was a way i could broadcast <laughs> my thoughts to the world and let, let everyone know how right. i'm feeling i think about when cavemen were around and they didn't have fucking the language like, uh, uh. And my wife's like, uh, uh. like uh, uh. a couple of cavemen, they sit down and they open up a big stone yeah. laptop <laughs> yeah. and they just, they get like a big, like, I don't know, like a leaf that, and they like tie like some string they've got from like a corn silk, oh, yeah. hook it up to the laptop and they just go unga bunga into the leaf <laughs> and then they get, they're like, unga bunga, hello, fresh delivered to your cave. There, there it is. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Well, guys, thanks for, uh, Coming along with our uh, weekly <laughs> bitch session, I don't know. Maybe next next week's always another uh, opportunity. So who knows? We'll we'll update you on how the week goes. But yeah. uh, um, I guess that's about it. And you know, you can always support the show on It Would Be Nice podcast on Instagram. Eh, strange Film Studio. You know, you're too tired of the plugs. Uh, so, like, I'm tired of the plugs. You know, yeah, you know I, don't even, I don't even promote it as much. Wishlist Phantom to. Fury on Steam, and if you like games that allow you to shoot fish tanks and have the water drain out faster or slower depending on how many holes are in the fish tank, that's the game for you, folks. All right, I like it. I like it. All right, it would be nice. It'd be nice. Talk right. to you later. <laughs>